In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I can't imagine more timely lessons for us to consider than both our First Peter and Gospel lessons today. One of the pressures of our era is to be an activist. Show up, chant loud, let your voice be heard. It almost doesn't matter which activist group you're a part of, if you don't toe the line, you'll be bludgeoned over the head with the ultimate judgment. You're on the wrong side of history. A corollary pressure is to pick a side, entrench within your ideological camp, and don't budge. As we enter this next phase of pandemic, the particular challenge set to us will be primarily relational. The impulse to view the people around us as either reckless or wimpy will be strong. The need to post our thoughts and link to our favorite talking heads about how the other camp is getting it wrong and ruining the world is going to likewise feel very strong. We live in a culture that is adept at virtue signaling and lousy at actual virtue acquisition. Just this week, I read a back and forth on whether wearing a mask in public is a sign of cowardice or care. To be honest, it reminded me a lot of when my children are overtired and arguing with each other, only neither of them even remembers what they're fighting about. St. Peter, in our text this morning, doesn't give us much room to wiggle either as virtue signalers or victims. He seems to obliquely assume two sets of rules for cultural engagement, one churchly, the other worldly. The latter engages with malicious speech, threats, attempts to frighten their opponents. It's a fear-based mob mentality that ultimately dehumanizes not just its opponents, but its own adherents. But the church's way of engagement is entirely different. It's rooted in love, compassion, and humility. Unlike the world's engagement, it doesn't ratchet up insult for insult or repay evil for evil. Instead, it blesses in response to evil. There's an eagerness to do good, even to suffer for doing what is right. The church's engagement doesn't demand that everyone else sees us as right. We instead are to live with such hope that it inspires curiosity in the hearts of those who are treated with blessing in response to their maliciousness. The church remains ready to give an answer to any who ask about our hopefulness, a hopefulness that reveals just how different our framework for moving through this life really is. And even then, when we're asked, we speak with gentleness and respect. It's almost as if St. Peter anticipated social media in setting out these rules for engagement. Every time you swipe open your phone, you are being encouraged to spew a half-formed opinion on such a wide variety of topics that even the world's most brilliant polymath couldn't wrap arms around. Don't take the bait. Don't get forced into the cultural mold of point-counterpoint, of constant posting, incessant talking, and arguing. Confound those who have set themselves up as your ideological enemies by refusing to view them as your enemies. Pray for them and shower blessing upon them every chance you get. Abide in Christ by following his commandments, the commands he himself summed up as nothing more than loving each other as he has loved us. This, too, is part of St. Peter's point. Christ, in his suffering upon the cross, has given us a template for our own engagement with the world around us. Take Nicodemus, for example. He was too afraid to post publicly on Jesus' wall, so he slid into his DMs to ask some questions. In John 3, he's afraid, he's skeptical, and he's not getting it. Jesus doesn't dismiss him, 
but he also doesn't try to argue with him or dumb down the mystery that rebirth is what Nicodemus really needs. We know that Nicodemus continues to chew on what Christ tells him, but he can't bring himself to follow him publicly until the end, when he sees Christ suffer and die upon the cross. Nicodemus's heart is made to understand something that his mind had been rejecting. He no longer cowers, but in an open and costly way assists in the burial of Christ. Friends, even now, the Spirit stands ready to pour into your hearts the love of Christ that you might love those who hate you and bless those who persecute you. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.